two words with potential to change our perspective, reshape our thoughts, renew our relationships. Two words, not to be withheld, but spoken, often. Because these words have power. Well, good morning again, everyone. My name is Pastor Ryan. It's good to be with you at our Lakeville campus, our Shakopee campus, online. Uh, I happen to know some of you are joining us from Williamsburg uh, right now. So wherever you are, we believe the Lord led you here. And uh, he led you here after just another week in American history, wouldn't you say? Uh, Not really, right? It was an extraordinary week. And I know there are a lot of, of feelings in the room Uh, I've heard from a number of you a variety of feelings that you've expressed. Uh, Some of you have expressed relief that the elections are over. (laughs) Uh, Some of you have expressed relief that the issues that are important to you, uh, you you believe will be addressed because of the outcome of the elections. Uh, I've heard from some of you that are feeling kind of unsettled right now, Uh, just uh, maybe even a little hurt or confused I've heard specifically from um, family members of police officers. We can understand why they'd be feeling a little unsettled right now. I've heard from women, uh, from ethnic minorities, from uh, disabled folks and their family members. And based on the political rhetoric, people are just feeling unsettled. You know? And, and if, if you are feeling unsettled for any reason, please hear this. God's peace be with you. Peace be with you. And we, we are with you as a church. We stand with you. And you're welcome here. And uh, we see you how God sees you as his precious creation. Amen to that? Amen. And so we're, uh, we're in this very, very interesting time where we are, are needing God's peace maybe in, in a variety of ways. And as people are followers of Jesus Christ, we don't just speak peace. We don't just pray for peace. We bring peace. We are peacemakers as followers of Jesus Christ. You know, one of the hardest people have asked me, you know, what do you think about this election season and how do you feel about it? So I'll tell you, okay? The hardest part for me in this election season uh, as a pastor, as a parent, as a person, as someone who's trying to be a follower of Jesus, the hardest part was how people were talked about. How people across the political spectrum, on all sides, from deplorable to deportable, people were, were dehumanized and put in categories. People, right? this is not God's heart for people. Of all of creation, God cares most about people. All pe- he cares so much about people that he became a person in Jesus Christ. And, and, and he came to die for all People, that's God's heart. God's heart beats for people, real people, not in categories or labels, but as people, as individual people. And in the way of Jesus, Jesus went out of his way to reach the people who have been dehumanized, to humanize them, to to give value to the devalued, to reach the marginalized, those that have been rejected, and that's the way of Jesus, and so should it be our way too as followers of Jesus. Amen? Amen. You know, I've been kind of staying off Facebook. Anybody else? Some of you should. Anyway, uh, but, but I just, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, during a season like this, 
It's like any words that you try to express don't seem like enough. So I've just been putting God's word on Facebook anytime I've posted something because that is enough, always. And I posted this passage recently, Ephesians 4, verse 2. Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united, body of Christ, united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. There it is. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. I love those words. I think they're so appropriate. No matter where you are in all of this, be gentle, be humble, make allowance for each other's faults. Guess what? We all have them, all of us. Right? And that word hope, I said it before the election, I'll say it after. Our hope isn't in a political election or figure or party. It is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. And he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? And and there may be a new president, right? And we should pray for him and we should pull for him. That's what we should do. But we don't have a new king. We've got the same king today that we did three days ago and his name is Jesus. And because Jesus is our hope, we look to him, we can stay unified as a body of Christ, uh, we, we can walk in peace, we can walk without fear, we can walk without fear, because Jesus is king. I am so grateful for Jesus. Anybody else grateful for Jesus in here? And I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you, because as, as I thought about what I wanted to share about the elections, uh, I, I just found myself being so grateful that so many of you live out what I just described. You live that out in humility, as peacemakers, as people are trying to follow Jesus and embody and exemplify everything I talked about. So I'm grateful for, for you and this church because of that. We're talking about gratitude in this series, thank you notes, which reminds me, I am a little bit behind right now in my thank you notes. Would you mind if I just, would, you, would it be all right if I just took a moment to write one thank you note? Would you... And then I'll get on with the sermon. I just need one second. Okay, so some of you know that a year ago, uh, Pastor Bill, our founding pastor, passed the lead pastor baton to me, and uh, he recently sent me something. I just want to thank him for it, okay? So, so maybe we can even get that music as I write this note. Here we go. Thank you, Pastor Bill, for founding Hosanna 36 years ago. And for the recent picture you sent from Florida, of you relaxing on the beach, and for reminding me that I only have 25 years to go until I can do the same. Do you want to see the picture he sent me? Here you go. All right, that's where he and Nancy are for the month of November, basically. Uh, but, but we've been getting some sunshine here. We've been getting some Florida weather in Minnesota this November, haven't we? We're grateful for that. I am. Uh, and and we're, uh, we're having a good time with this series. It's good to laugh. It's good to have uh, fun. It's good to be grateful. We kicked off this series, Thank You Notes, last weekend. Pastor Julia kicked it off. Talk about grateful. I'm so grateful for her, her wisdom, her shepherding presence, her, her, her depth, her deep soul. And she talked about how, how there's power in gratitude, power to transform our lives. Even, even research, secular research, is, is uncovering that, that people who are grateful lead, lead healthier and happier lives. Relationships, people who are grateful tend to have better relationships. People tend to enjoy being around them more. That makes sense? <laughs> right? it, it just makes the world around them better. So 
Gratitude doesn't just affect us, it infects others. It's infectious, it's contagious when we're grateful. And it's something we practice, but it has the power to transform our lives, our attitudes, an attitude of gratitude. And we're not just talking about a fluffy surface level, just slap a smile on your face and pretend like everything, no, that, no, 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 no. It's this deep, substantive gratitude that we can have as followers of Jesus Christ. And as followers of Jesus Christ, every aspect of our lives can and should be shaped by this deep gratitude that is made possible by the Lord. Every aspect, even our past. You grateful for your past? Some of you are. I have found, uh, personally, pastorally, that we tend to do one of two things with our past. We tend to either live in the past. Any cool kids from high school out there? When you were in high school, you were one of the, so you're living in the past. No, there are lots of reasons why we might live in the past. Uh, and then the other kind of common mistake we make with the past is to forget the past. Just forget it. There's a whole group of you out there right now, Cubs fans. Any Cubs fans out there right now? You want to forget the 108 years of losing and just remember this year when in the World Series, right? That's just one silly example, but we, we, we might want to forget the past for, for all kinds of reasons. You know, maybe there's something hard in the past. Maybe there's something we're kind of embarrassed of or we'd rather just pretend like it never happened. But neither living in the past or forgetting the past is God's desire for us when it comes to our past. God wants to do something di- different with our past. He wants... He wants us to see our past through a window of gratitude, this deep, substantive gratitude that we can have in the Lord, to look back and be grateful for all of it, the good, the bad, and even the ugly. And how do we do this? Well, there's a passage in the Old Testament that that points us to how we can look at our past this way. It's in Joshua chapter 4, which is on page 131 if you're using one of the Red Bibles, And I'm just kind of smiling here because I tend to tuck little notes that people give me in my Bible. And my seven-year-old son gave me this note recently. He said, I love my dad. He is the beast. (laughs) I think think he meant best, I hope. Anyway, okay. So Joshua chapter four. Joshua chapter four. Uh, Last year, I mentioned this already with a thank you note, that, that we that we had this transition from Pastor Bill, founding pastor, to me as the lead pastor. And and at that time we did a series. Uh, that, that followed the transition from Moses to Joshua. You remember this? Many of you do. And and in that in that series, we covered Joshua chapters one through three. Well, here we are in ja- Joshua chapter four. Joshua one through three, the Israelites come to the edge of the promised land, they cross. The, the Jordan River, and now in Joshua chapter four, we are on the other side of the Jordan with the Israelites. And, and they're, they're about to begin the rest of the story, and which I think is fitting because in Hosanna, there's just a sense that we are now fully stepping into the rest of the story, and the Israelites are too. And apparently what it means to begin the rest of the story is to look back with gratitude because that's what we're gonna see here. Verse one, when all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. The priests had gone first with the Ark of the Covenant that held back the waters of the Jordan so they could cross. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. Now stop there, leave your Bibles open if you have them because we're gonna come back to Joshua 4. But but I want want you to get into the story a little bit more because this this may not seem like such a big deal, but but it is because the Israelites have been waiting. It's a much-anticipated moment. 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, right? Think about 40 years. Prior to that, their people were enslaved by the Egyptians for 400 years. 
So over 400 years, they have been waiting for this moment to enter into the promised land. And they finally do. Now, now if you've anticipated something as a people for 450 years, the last thing you want to do is stop. But that's exactly what the Lord tells them to do. And we would totally understand if they just wanted to cross the river and keep right on going into the promised land to enjoy it, to soak it in, the land of milk and honey, flown with milk and honey. And yet the Lord says, stop, pause, do something. Do do something really important that is gonna help shape your past and as as you look back on your past with gratitude. So they they follow the instructions that the Lord gives them through Joshua. Uh, They send 12 representatives, one from each tribe. And you can just imagine these guys going, wait, we just crossed through this river and now you're telling me to go back in the middle of the river? (laughs) They go back and they get stones. They bring them back and they build this monument or memorial with stones you might call them memory stones. And they do, it, they do it at a place called Gilgal. Everyone say Gilgal. Gilgal. And Gilgal is the first place that they camp when they cross into the promised land and cross the Jordan River. It also becomes the place that they go back to again and again. It's their home base, if you will. Because they will have many battles, many campaigns, many challenges that they will face. And each time they come back to this home base of Gilgal. And when they come back to Gilgal, they come back to this, this memorial of memory stones. It reminds them of what God has done for them in the past. See, God doesn't want the Israelites to fall into one of those two gutters that I talked about earlier. He doesn't want them to live in the past. He doesn't want them to forget the past. He wants to recast their past in this window or the power of gratitude. Of gratitude. So that they, when they look back, it, it will give them this, this power to propel them forward into the future as he recasts their past. Not living in it, not forgetting it. And 3,000 years later, he can do the same for us. He can do the same for us with our past. Your past, this is how I want to say it, your past can be recast by the power of gratitude. The past, whatever is in your past, the good, the bad, and the ugly, can be recast by the power of gratitude, and, and even more than that, the one who is the source of power that we have to be grateful to and for. So how do we do this? We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna pull a few takeaways from this, from this account in Joshua 4. Things that we can take away that will help us recast our past in, in the window of gratitude, the power of gratitude. The first thing we have to do is take time. Take time. If we're going to recast our past in the power of gratitude, we have to take time to do it. It takes a little time. Gratitude takes time. And we, again, we would totally understand if the Israelites had just kept right on going after crossing the river. Yahoo, we've made it, we're in, and just kept going. Right? But God says, no, stop. Take some time to reinforce this moment, to, to soak in this moment to establish in this moment something to be grateful for as you look back on your past. Slow down, remember. Now, some of us remember better than others, don't we? How many of you have trouble remembering what you had for breakfast this morning, let alone what happened last week? Okay, thanks for being honest. You are in church, okay? But part of the reason, we, we have different personalities, we have different memory capacities, but part of the reason we all struggle to remember things, we're just moving so fast. We are moving so fast. 
we've got to slow down. I'll never forget one of my buddies uh, on my wedding day. He'd been married about a year earlier, and, and he said, this is some advice that someone gave me. He passed it on to me. He said, this day is going to go so fast. Every once in a while, just try to slow down. Hit the slow motion button. And we can't literally do that, right? But there are times in our lives we just have to hit that slow-mo, like slow this down. This is a significant moment. Soak it in, right? Stop. We've got to slow down. If we want to experience the full impact of gratitude in our lives, we can't just keep right on keeping on. We've got to get off the hamster wheel. We've got to get off the treadmill and stop to be grateful. It's why we're having you think about uh, keeping a gratitude journal. Last week, Pastor Julia challenged all of us to keep a gratitude journal. Three things that you're thankful for in the morning, three things you're thankful for at night. However you're doing that in a journal, maybe on your phone or in your, just in your mind. What do you, I know some of you are doing it because I'm hearing from you. It, it's powerful stuff. When we start taking on this attitude, this perspective of gratitude. We could get caught up in everything that's going wrong or we could focus on what do we have to be grateful for? We gotta stop to do it though. The second thing we gotta take away is we gotta take stones. We've gotta take stones. Now let me just pull one out here because that's what the Israelites did. They literally took stones, 12 stones. And stones, they're, they're, they're substantial, right? I mean, they're tangible. You can touch them. They're visible. And, and so they were a good way for the Israelites God knew this, to mark this moment so they could look back with gratitude. I, I, I've heard of people who will take memory stones from experiences that they have. Oh, I want to remember this moment. I want to remember this moment. Or a trip that they're on, and they'll take, they'll take stones. It doesn't literally have to be stones, things that help us remember. Maybe it is the journal. Maybe it's pictures. <laughs> my wife says, if I didn't take pictures, I wouldn't remember my past, she says. Right? Maybe, maybe it's, this is something I do when we go on trips. I buy a mug <laughs> with the name of the place on it just because I want to remember it when I'm drinking coffee there in the morning. I remember when I was somewhere much warmer than, you know, Minnesota in the middle of January or whatever. Right? What is it? What, are, what could stones look like for you that would help you remember those moments in your past? Whatever form they take, there, there are usually three places that we take stones from in our past experiences, things that we can be grateful for. And it, and I would encourage us to think about these three areas that we can take stones from. People in our past. The way that God has provided in the past. People, provision, and then even problems or painful experiences in the past that God has brought us through. That God has brought us through. Let's think about each one of those for a moment. As, in, a, in a way that we would kind of remember a stone or whatever it looks like. People. I, I've had this thought so many times lately. Like there are some people that I know I would not be who I am today or where I am today with that person in my past. You know? We have people like that. When you think back on your past, people that, that were there for you when you needed it most or people that at the time you didn't even realize it, but you look back and go, oh, man, that person was so influential in my life. Maybe it's a coach or a, a teacher or a mentor, neighbor. Someone just took time for you. People that you look back and, and I'm grateful grateful for that person, those people. You know somebody. I think it's good timing on this message because Friday uh, was Veterans Day. And we took a day to remember people who have served in the past and to be grateful for an entire group of people who have served, right? And so we're going to take some time right now. And I would ask, hear me, 
hold your applause, okay, until everyone's had a chance to stand and I've had, had the chance to express gratitude to them. But if you are a veteran or currently serving in the military, would you please stand? Please stand at this moment. On behalf of our congregation, we want to say thank you. We owe you a debt of gratitude for your service and sacrifice. We honor you. We bless you. We love you. And we want to show you that right now with our applause from our hearts. Gratitude. Does it feel good to be grateful? I mean, even in that brief moment. There's emotion, yes, but just to be grateful for, for people who have served, past or currently serving. Right? Who, who is it for you from your past? Someone that, that you know you just wouldn't be who you are today or where you are today without that person. Here's another pastoral challenge, okay? Take some time this week to write a thank you note. It might be a way of putting down a stone for you. Just writing a thank you note to somebody from your past. Maybe it is a veteran. Maybe it's a, a parent or a mentor or someone, coach, teacher. But take some time to do that. You can even play that. You can find that Jimmy Fallon thank you note music online and play it behind you as you write the note. Another, another stone that we can, um, we can have to represent uh, uh, something from our past is provision, provision. I mean, God has provided for all of us in some way. There are the miraculous examples of provision where God just provided something miraculously. You didn't know how you were gonna make it. You didn't know where it was gonna come from and then God provided miraculously, right? Uh, and then there's just those ordinary examples of God's provision that I don't know about you, but I don't take enough time to be grateful for, like a roof over my head. Like, I, I haven't gone a day of my life without a roof over my head, unless I was camping, right? Food on the table, um, family, friends, just in the past, as you look back, all the ordinary, simple ways that God has provided. I do know, even as I say that, though, that some of you have not always had a roof over your head. Maybe even right now, you're scraping by to get food on the table, and we want you to know we are here for you. It's why, part of the reason why this church exists. It's why our care ministries exist. We, we believe that we, we're here to help or get you connected to people who can help. But what is it just in your past that God has provided, and, and we're grateful for that? And then, and this one takes a little unpacking because at first blush, it's not necessarily one that we're quick to be grateful for, but those painful experiences of our past, those times in our lives that were so hard, grueling, excruciating. And, and, and hear me, I'm not saying this isn't that light, fluffy, surfacey gratitude, okay? I'm not saying that you should necessarily be grateful for the experiences themselves or the circumstances themselves. But as I think about my own life and the struggles that I've been through, I'm so grateful for how God brought me through. I'm so grateful for how God brought me through it. We think about the Israelites going through this river. We've all had to cross rivers in our lives at times. And here we are. God has brought us through. Or maybe we're grateful for the lesson that we gained or learned from that experience or the way that that experience shaped us. How many of you have ever said, I'd never want to do that again, <laughs> but I wouldn't trade it for the world because of how it shaped me, because of how it formed me. That's gratitude for the past. And I recognize that that is not easy. I think it's noteworthy that they go to the middle of the river. The Israelites, those 12 represent, they go to the middle of the river. 
It's almost like go to the middle of that experience in order to really get the full impact of the healing and the gratitude that we can have from our past. You gotta go back to the middle of it sometimes. Not every time. I recognize that there are some experiences that are too traumatic, too painful, and we just probably shouldn't go there. But most of the time, it's, it's important at some point to go back to the middle to recognize, okay, that was hard, but God did bring me through. God did shape me through it. God did help me. And as you go back to the middle in the right time and in the right way, it may be that you need a professional, a counselor, someone to, to help you with that because some of those are really painful and you shouldn't do it alone. But it's important to go back to the middle because ultimately God does, even with those experiences, wants us to look back and go, oh, even that, God, I'm grateful for. Some things are not even fully resolved. I got this story from a prayer minister. This, this happened at a workshop, not unlike the Grow workshop that's coming up this Saturday, just another plug, you should go, okay? But this person said, the worship leader at this workshop invited everyone to think about being thankful. She said, is there something from your past where you have had trouble being thankful? Take it to the Lord and choose to thank him in the midst of it. After the session, a 60-something-year-old woman came to me and shared what had happened. She said that when she was a little girl, people labeled her a pretty little girl, but not very smart. She always thought of herself as dumb. As an adult, she had a son who was diagnosed with dyslexia. When he was diagnosed, they suggested that everyone else in the family be tested because it is hereditary. She was then diagnosed with severe dyslexia. While she did everything she could to help get help for her son, she never told anyone that she had dyslexia. It was a deep secret and source of shame and embarrassment. She then said to me, today, I said to God, I don't know why I have dyslexia, but I am going to thank you, God, anyway. Thank you for who I am. I will never forget her face. She was filled with joy, tears in her eyes, and a smile on her face. Then she said, do you know that for the first time in my life, I like myself? She then shared about her dyslexia with the women in the group. It was a weekend of celebration, freedom, truth, and healing. See how God recast her past? Even this struggle that, that hadn't totally gone away, but recast her past in the power of gratitude to the Lord. Now, I realize at this point, there are some of you uh, who are feeling like this is all kind of empty because you're, you're not on the other side of something being grateful for it. You're in the middle of something right now. And if that's you, please don't hear me say, just be, just be grateful for what you're going through. That's not what I'm saying. Like some of you, you're going through it right now and it wouldn't even be healthy to say, I'm so grateful for this. That, that comes later. <laughs> Right now, you just need to know that you're not alone, that God is with you, that he is your rock because there's one more stone. There's one more stone that we can all have on our pile no matter what we're going through, no matter what our circumstances are like, whether we're across the river in the middle of the river and that stone that we can all have on our pile of memorial stones is the stone of Jesus Christ, that he is our rock. And and this rock reminds us of another rock from the past 2,000 years ago, a rock that was rolled away. <laughs> Here's a picture of what it may have looked like. That was, the, that was the stone in front of Jesus' tomb. And because of this rock, because of what we remember from our past 2,000 years ago, we can know that, that death is never, ever, ever the final word. 
We, we can know that forgiveness and, and new life and new fresh starts are possible. We can know that no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the challenge, there is hope for overcoming. We, we can know that nothing, no matter what we're in the middle of, nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. In Jesus, this rock, we have overwhelming victory. Over, can I get an amen right now? In Jesus Christ. And this rock right here goes on the top of our pile of memorial stones for all of us. I had this thought that, that when it's on the top, even if the waters of worry and, and struggle rise, this, this rock is always visible for us. And we can look back on this past event that has a lot of, of meaning for our present in Jesus Christ. And this, this is our, what I tried to build for you, and I would encourage you to think about this week, is, is our pile of memorial stones, our memorial. What does yours look like? I mean, what, what, what does yours look like as you think about the people and, and the provision and, and even the hard times, the problems that God has brought you through and ultimately with Jesus on the top? Because see, just like the Israelites, this can be our home base. <laughs> this is our Gilgal. We can go back to this over and over and over again in our lives. Because here's the thing, recasting our past and the power of gratitude is not just about our past. Knowing what God has done for us in the past, how he's been faithful and being grateful to him for what he's done in the past has all kinds of meaning for our present and our future as well. We can live with boldness and confidence in our present and future because of it. Listen to the rest of Joshua 4, very end here. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes and he kept it dry until you were all across just as he did at the Red Sea, another past experience they were grateful for. When he dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful and so that you might fear the Lord your God forever. Let me just unpack that word fear for a moment because it's a funny word, especially right now for us. But that word fear means to be in awe of to put God above everything else in our lives. When we look back on what God has done, we can know that he is powerful and that he is above all else in our lives. And because of that, we can, we can take courage, which is the third takeaway for us. We can take courage for our lives, for our present. Oh, I'm facing this right now or I'm going through that right now. I'm gonna go back and remember what God has done for me in the past and ultimately what God has done for me in Jesus Christ. I'm gonna remember and there's courage in that. And every step of the way as we face the battles, as we face the challenges, as we go through life, we can go back to our home base. At the very top is Jesus Christ. At the very top. And it's about our future too. But it's not just about our future, it's about future generations. You catch that in the passages I just read? One day your children will ask, what does this pile of stones mean? And, and you'll tell them that the Lord brought us through. He brought us through. He was faithful to provide. He was faithful to carry us through. He was faithful to put that one person in my life. He was faithful. It's about future generations. I am so grateful. Talk about being, just being grateful. I'm so grateful for the generations of the people of God who have gone before us. And from all the, Joshua's day, let's go back 3,000 years they put up this, you know, this pile of stones. So yes, they left us a monument, but they left their, their lives living stones. Their lives are a testimony to God's faithfulness. And then Jesus' day, 
Fast forward a thousand years and and you've got the early believers and and they're following Jesus when it was not easy, when it was hard, and they left stones, not just buildings and monuments, but their lives, living stones that we can read about now in the Bible. I'm so grateful for people for the last 2,000 years in the church's history who have been faithful to keep building on that pile of stones so that we can look back and be like, oh, we're so grateful and so we can live with courage in our lives. And I'm also, just because it's Hosanna's 36th anniversary, really grateful for all the people, some of you sitting right here, go way back, who have been faithful for 36 years to invest, to sow seeds, to, to give, to sacrifice, to leave us this pile of stones, not just a building or ministries, but, but living stones, people, thousands of people whose lives have been impacted and changed because of this ministry. We have a lot to be grateful for. There's one person specifically that, that we are gonna be expressing gratitude to in the coming weeks. Pastor Pat Moe, our care ministries pastor, has served here for 21 years, faithfully, tireless, tirelessly. And she and her husband, Dewey, are, are feeling led to, to move into a new season of their lives. Uh, but Pastor Pat, for 21 years, has shaped Hosanna's heartbeat. She has, she has impacted thousands of lives. She's taught us all about what it, what it looks like to follow Jesus, to be like Jesus, to be grateful. And so the next couple of weeks, we're gonna express gratitude to her next week in Lakeville and the following week in Shakopee. It's good to do that. And it's good to look back at all the people who have made today possible, where we are today possible because of how they've invested. And now we have the opportunity, we have the privilege of doing the same thing. That we get to invest our lives, invest our resources, give everything that we have to give for God so that more people, our children, our children's children, future generations will look back and go, hey, yeah, there's a pile of stones. God is so faithful. He's good. He's good. And we have a lot to be grateful for. That's what these cards are about that we're gonna take some time in just a moment to fill out. We believe that God has given us a vision to multiply. And, and those four areas that you've heard a lot about, grow in faith, reach the churchless, empower the powerless, unify the church. And, and we've asked everyone who considers Hosanna your church home uh, to prayerfully consider, as you are able, as the Spirit leads, to invest in this multiply vision and specifically the goals for this year. And the reason we say it's above and beyond your, your current giving is because the goals we've set are above and beyond what we currently would be able to do without these additional investments from our lives. And so we're, we're believing in faith that God is gonna provide the provision for the vision. And we've got these specific goals and you see them on the card, but just to lift up a couple, we're, we, we are gonna empower the powerless through investing more in our heart ministry and the local impact that that has, and, and also in, in our India partnership, the Freedom Center, so kids can, can stop running through the slums and start running through the halls of the Freedom Center. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna unify the church, be a part of unifying the church by directly investing in other South Metro churches, because we believe this vision's bigger than us. We can't do it alone. We want all churches to rise, and so we're gonna invest directly in some other local churches, and we're gonna invest in ministries that are unifying the church. Because we want, we want to add to the pile of stones. Are you with me here? We're going to add to the pile of stones so that people can look back on us 36 years from now and say, yeah, God is good. We are so grateful for the way that they invested their lives. So at this time, I'm just going to give you a moment. 
Again, if you consider Hosanna your church home, I don't feel bad about asking you if that's the case because this is our home (laughs) that we're investing in together. And uh, if you've already filled out the card, uh, you can just pray for the vision, specifically for the people, because really this is what it's about. It's about people, the people that matter to God, all people. And then if you're a guest, no pressure, okay? Just, uh, just take some time, pray for us. You're welcome to participate, but take some time to pray for the vision and the people that will be reached and impacted by the vision. So we're just gonna take a moment now to put down our commitments as we are able and as the Lord leads to invest and multiply. Let's take a moment to do that, and then we'll pray. Let's pray. Bless you, and may you be blessed. It's always a blessing uh, to invest in the Lord's kingdom work. Let's pray. God, that's our prayer. Do it again. Do it again through us, what you've been doing so faithfully here at Hosanna for 36 years. We ask, Lord, that you would do it again through us. Multiply your love, multiply your hope and your heartbeat so that lives, real lives, real people will be impacted and transformed and changed and brought into the hope that only you can bring. Lord, we are so grateful. There's a lot to be grateful for. There's a lot that we we could look at and say, oh, that's not right or that's hard. That's true. But there are things that we can look at and say, we are so grateful. Lord, even in the past, how you provided, how you brought us through individually, as a family, as as a church family. And now, Lord, we, we just wanna draw from that, that you would deepen our faith, that you would give us greater courage and boldness to step out and be who you've called us to be as individuals and as a church so that we might multiply your love, Lord. I am mindful of those who are in the middle of the river right now and the waters are flowing, the currents are, are fast, and I pray that you would bring a breakthrough, bring peace, wrap your arms of comfort and hope and healing around them, Lord. And for all the people we're praying for in this room, there are countless more that are out there, Lord, that you are calling us to multiply for. So do so. Do it again, Lord. Multiply your love. And now lead us as we pray the prayer you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. Please stand at both campuses for a closing blessing. So glad the Lord led you here today. Uh, We uh, want to, in any way we can, serve you and and help you get connected so you can grow and become everything that God created you to be. Uh, If you are... Um, submitting a commitment card. There are boxes on the way out. They're sealed, confidential. Just a couple couple members of our staff will see them so we can track progress and and plan accordingly. Uh, If you are someone who's feeling a little unsettled right now, we would love to pray with you, train prayer ministers up front in the prayer room, or or maybe there's something in your past or in your present that you're working through. Maybe you don't even know know what to ask for prayer about. (laughs) Come anyway, and they'd love to pray for you. We'd love to pray for you. But before you go, receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thank you notes.